three again. Oh, where's the chair? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> that would have been a good bleeper. <laughs> your sweatshirt looks good, by the way. It is. It's nice. It's nice and comfy, this one, as well. My replacements aren't far wrong, as well. <laughs> I was quite impressed with that when I did them. I was like, oh, that might be a bit low. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Target Take two. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. Today Andy and I are on our own, we're doing a solo episode for you, we are going to kick off this season, season five, can you believe it already? It's crazy. I know you knew you forgot you had a mic there for a second, didn't you? <laughs> we are kicking off season five with everything you need to know about starting a printing business in 2023. Now we're approaching December. The, uh, this week, next week's the first yeah, this weekend, something like week. that. Um, and obviously this is the time for a lot of either current businesses to take a breather, take a break, spend some time with family and friends, recoup or revisit where they want their businesses to go next year, goals, that kind of thing. And it's also the time where a lot of new businesses are born, especially in the printing industry. Um, people think, what can I do from home with everything, with the cost of living going up, everything like that. It's what's a low cost startup business that I can make profit from at home that doesn't have too much of an initial investment. So we're going to talk to you about uh, just questions that we've had from printers or future printers about starting their business, as well as some questions from current customers, which we're going to answer for you. So should we get straight to it? Go for it. Yeah. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about is why someone should start a printing business straight up. I think the the great thing about starting a t-shirt printing business, especially with heat printing, is that it's the barest entry of pretty much non-existent. Yeah. Once you have a heat press, which and there's, you know, ranges of heat press from sort of four hundred and fifty pounds to even the most expensive one is only seven thousand, mm. but that's like a all singing or dancing, is that the barriers to entry are super low. It means that you don't have to buy spend tens of thousands of pounds to get set up. You could start it in your bedroom. And a lot of really successful companies have started in their bedroom or the kitchen or the garage and gone on to quite massive things, really. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's one way is that you don't have to spend lots of money. Everyone's got probably a laptop or an iPad or something like that already anyway. So you don't really need... Um, or even a smartphone. I know it's smartphone, yeah. not as easy, but, you know, for the sake of starting out, you could deal with the smaller yeah, screen. Yeah, you, you could just download... Um, some designs from Etsy for like five, ten quid, yeah. get a commercial license on them at that point, put them into our custom transfer, easy view uploader. Yeah, yeah. Order just ten of them, put them onto uh, a few t shirts with heat press. T shirts aren't expensive either. And that's it, you've got your first range up and up and running for probably like you could probably do your your first ten T shirts for like I I would guess maybe like ninety quid not including the price of heat press, but maybe 90 quid to get like your first 10 t-shirts up and running at a premium level. Yeah, the quality that you'd want to buy. Yeah, something that you could, you could not... charge between 15 and 40 pounds for. Yeah, I think that's the most important part is the return on investment, which is something we've done on our heat presses and transfers and vinyls for all of our customers um, to tell them how long it would take to pay that press off in a year how many shirts they sell etc which you can find on our website um but i think a lot of it is down to how much profit people can make they think that because they've got this investment cost that they won't be profiting from the business for a year two years etc that's not the case with printing at all you can 
make a profit from your first sale, essentially. Yeah, we've seen a lot of customers, especially in the US, we've seen it with the hat press as well. Yeah, because yeah. of the um, higher value of the end, the RRP on that is that you can pay off your press and then in a couple of jobs. Um, but the, the great thing about if you're purchasing a high quality machine like a Hotronics machine is that you get such good warranties with it. And those machines sort of last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, even some of them, is that it means you don't have to worry about replacing that. It's not like, um, you know, PCs or something like that where workplaces tend to say i'm gonna to to replace that after three years yeah that's not the case it's they gonna, don't update with the software that no kind of it's thing. exactly yeah. it'll just keep going and going and going as long as you can so you don't have to worry about that so you you know it's it is one thing obviously is a big upfront it can be you know depending on what cir- your circumstance it can be a big upfront um investment but if you then factor how the payoff is could be 10 years on that mm. then it's like actually it's only like it could be fifty pounds a year, minimal, yeah, to have that machine. Then, which is only like one pound a week at that point. I think it depends what you compare it to as well. So, for a lot of people, a thousand, two thousand pounds, however much they're spending, which is to the extent the higher end of the mm-hmm. startup costs for the printing business. Um, it depends what you're comparing it against. A lot of businesses cost minimum five to anywhere to like 25, 50 grand to start up a business. I know that's like the extremes, but in comparison to what could be, if you do it properly and you give your all to it, a really successful, profitable business, it's really, really minimal startup costs as well. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all comes down to perspective, like you said as well, is yeah. the, what would you, what is the best use of your money? I would imagine there's a lot of people who are watching and listening that are thinking about starting a business and I guess the thing to think about is what else are you spending money on that makes you money? Like, no, but <laughs> I thought I mean, you were just going to say what you're spending money on. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. a I lot mean, of things. You know, say, for instance, I don't know, one way of looking at it is that, you know, you can get finance on the heat presses if it's over yeah. a certain amount. So if it's over a thousand pounds, you can get finance. But, you know, let's say perhaps a better use of your money rather than, say, renewing your phone contract, mm-hmm. why not go SIM only? And bring your price down on that, and the difference that you would be paying between a sim only and a and a full contract would be enough to pay off pay, your heat pay, press pay off month. the finance yeah. and heat press every month. That's a very good tip, actually. And everybody pays. I was a hypocrite for this up until recently, but I used to pay a lot of money for a yeah, phone contract are paying every 50, month. 60 it's quid. ridiculous, and mm. a sim only is like less than tenner. It can be, yeah. Like it's, it's mad. Conservatively, let's say 25 quid. Yeah. So take that extra 25 quid and put it into your invest it in yourself instead. Yeah, that that could be. I mean, or it could just be a case of actually, you know, cutting back on a couple of streaming services instead of because if you've got mm-hmm. business, you won't have time to watch half them anyway. That is very true. And you, you know, you could immediately start to pay off all, even purely just from what you're already paying out anyway. Mm-hmm. So you could do it without actually having to build an extra cost into your lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a really good point. I think as well, another thing to bear in mind for people that are hesitant about starting a printing business because of the cost, the initial setup cost, is that you're not going to be wasting garments or wasting product essentially because with our custom heat transfer services, especially the DTF no minimum order ones, is that you can literally order the designs when the customer places the order rather than having to pre-order and pre-make a load of products that could sit in a warehouse for months and then you end up giving away and you lose money on and that's not the case anymore you can literally order 
on demand essentially as to as and when your customers place orders which i think is going to make a massive cost difference to a lot of our cu- current customers as well as new ones next year yeah i think i think about that something that tends to blow people's minds when they come in here often is that because they like to the minimum order is 10 so you're looking at sort of like 20 quid plus shipping mm. to get your order in here and that's it you've got the best transfer available to anyone in the UK at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's, like I say, because we, we turn everything around in two days, it means that you even, even you know, that's very reasonable to expect in order to take five days to arrive to a customer. You know, if someone yeah, placed yeah. that order, we know people want everything immediately, but if you're kind of a... If it's custom, it's a bit different. If you're a bespoke sort of British-made brand, I think an extra couple of days is not unreasonable. And yeah. that way you can just, uh, once you get the order, then you can place the order so you can kind of maintain your cash flow a bit better that way. Yeah, that's true. And also all of these brands that have things pre-printed and are available to ship them on demand like next day or even same day, they're already all printed. They're at that level where they know mm. how much stock they're going to sell on average, etc. So once you get to a certain level, there's no reason you can't do that. Um, but yeah, to start with, uh, like you said, I don't think it's a deal breaker with no, customers. And even a lot of our bigger customers tend to print on demand of transfers or do it bit by bit. They kind of wait till they, their stock gets to a certain level, then print rather than say print a thousand and just put them on the shelf. They might print 200, wait till it to get down to 50, then print another 150. Yeah. So it, even not on a larger scale, they're still topping up because there's always going to be some designs that don't take off. But if the worst, Worst case scenario, all you have to do is take a hit on a few transfers. It's not the end of the world. And if you'd gang those designs up with some other ones, only your known bestsellers, then your risk is really uh, lightened up there. Yeah, you're not really wasting anything, are no. you? And you could even sell products that products that don't sell for like a reduced cost of 25 or 50% off no. and they'll probably go. So you're not going to completely lose out on funds no. from that perspective. And for anyone that's listening that's, never heard of a gang sheet before this is something that um is very unique for target transfers is that we offer this at no extra charge so what it means is pick any of our size layouts which are there are eight of on the website and put as many transfers as you want on there there's no um like tooling charge or charge per transfer you can put as many on there as that you can get away with and easily cut out between them yeah, we'll put an example on the screen <laughs> if this helps for those of you watching on YouTube. Yeah, and the one other thing that I wanted to talk about in regards to the benefits of starting a printing business or starting a business with a heat press is that it doesn't just have to be one brand or one product, one message, that sort of thing. We've got a lot of customers that have one heat press and they operate two or three businesses or operate under two or three different business names, one of which to make profit, one of which um, is, I don't know, say more personalization and one of which could be their passion project. So if you want to produce a really specific range of products for an industry or a niche that you're interested in, but you know that that won't necessarily make you enough profit to sustain the business moving forward, you could always open up a different like sideline and go into levers or industry printing companies just churn out other people's designs essentially um to make the profit to support your passion project which is something we've spoken about a few times on the podcast but we're seeing more and more people do it now from the same heat press and i think it's a genius idea to be honest because no one sees it behind the scenes no and yeah you'd be surprised once people know you've got a heat press you'd be surprised how many people then you then know that starts oh molly's got come out the woodwork can you do this for me (laughs) can you do that for me make sure you 
charge them for it rather than doing too many uh, mates rates at the beginning. Yeah, freebies. Yeah. If friends support your business, they will pay your fees. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. Shall we move on to mm-hmm. – this is an interesting one, actually. People – we've had a few um, messages since we've been talking about starting businesses on our socials about how to come up with a catchy or memorable business name for people's printing mm-hmm. businesses because obviously there are quite a few out there, but when you break down the amount of niches that are out there, there's not that many. And I think something that means something to you or reflects the industry you want to print for would be really beneficial rather than just printing.com or something really boring like that, if you know what I mean. So did you have any ideas or brainwaves about names for businesses? Um, I would say, you know, just coming back to starting a t-shirt business and actually taking on Mm -hmm. 2023 properly is that one thing I would say is that don't let that be the thing that holds your business up though it's because obviously it's (laughs) it's important to kind of make sure you put that put together your brand identity and your core principles and your story and you'll probably find once you've done that part then it will it'll come to you in that moment but don't spend like you know like you see on um when you watch The Apprentice and they're like, they're two hours into a task and they're still working out what the team name is. <laughs> and you're like, you could have been doing something a lot more useful at this point. You don't could have spend, printed 20 t-shirts by now. Yeah, don't yeah, don't spend weeks and weeks on it. Um, make sure you get stuck into the practicalities of it um, and actually building everything else in your business at the same time as well. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's brilliant because it's so true though. Yeah. It, it is very accurate, yeah. Oh dear. And I think, like you say, once you delve into why you're starting your business and the direction that you want to take it in, the name will come to you and people will remember it more if it relates to your brand or your message or your purpose yeah. or something along those lines rather than just a generic name because you wanted a printing business, mm. if that makes sense. Or, or make sure it's something personal to you if, if you can't think of anything else. Like we were That's discussing true, earlier yeah. with um, 34 North that were on the podcast a couple of weeks ago is that it was a specific uh, location that they're building a business so that they can then move to sun, sunnier climates. Yes. So that, But that way, every day when you're doing it, you go, what am I doing this for? It reminds you. There's a you. goal, yeah. Yeah. So even if it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like some version of your name or it could just be something that's meaningful to you. So when every time you talk about it, then you're like, yeah, it focuses you and you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing this for. Yeah. Uh, that way. Yeah, rather than just like your surname and then printing. Yeah. Like Rogers Prince or something. Exactly. <laughs> if you ever start a business, Andy, don't call it <laughs> Rogers Prince. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So while we're on the topic of industries, niches, that kind of thing, um, we've had some people ask us what the quickest and most profitable areas are when starting out looking for customers, looking for orders. Um, obviously, we've spoken before about localization. We've spoken quite a lot about it and how important it is when starting a t-shirt business. Um, and obviously, that links into levers slightly as well because regardless of where you live where your business is located you're going to have local groups around you you're going to have sports teams school clubs um, schools that need the levers hoodies things like that there's a whole bunch of customers waiting for you to approach them you just have to take that first step and ask and I think that's probably step number one is just to approach someone and ask or offer your services or take one sample in and go look this is what I can do this is the quality show them and go just keep me in mind for future orders or anything like that because you don't know when they'll pipe up in the future they'll go oh I remember when 
Rogers Printing came in and, <laughs> and it's catchy now. It's cut that's Andy's <laughs> new name, apparently. <laughs> Against everything we've just advised everyone. But um yeah, so I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I would agree. There's it's always good to, you know, if most people are within a, a good distance of like an industrial estate. So in Braintree yeah. there's I don't know how many, probably a couple of hundred businesses that you probably wouldn't even realise they were there. Mm. But because it's industrial I can see space, them from here. You can see a few from the <laughs> I can door. see the top of a building from here. Across the other side of town, there's another even bigger industrial park with loads of businesses on as well. Is there? Yeah. Oh. So there's lots, there's lots, there's always way more business in your local area that you didn't even realise they were there. But it doesn't take much more than like a quick Google to find out where the nearest industrial estate is. I clearly then, need to spend more yeah. time out of the podcast <laughs> yeah. set and in actual Braintree town. Because um, we we always get bits and pieces from local businesses, whether it's something to do with, um, could be the electrics in the building, it could be yeah. getting the windows cleaned, um, someone doing signage on the outside of the building. Uh, there's all, always all sorts of businesses um, and kind of, it could be builders, it could be, I mean, think about how many what builders and plumbers there are in every town. There's always a need for them as well. Mm. Um, so there's there's always lots of avenues of business, but I would like to say, yeah, if you want to start with companies where you might want to start somewhere, you can get 10, 20, 30 from them. Yeah, that's Find true. Find out where the nearest industrial estate is and just phone up or knock on the door every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. It won't be hard to find the nearest football team mm. or sports teams of any kind. Um, just quick Google, where's the nearest football team? Or you'll probably know someone who knows all of the teams anyway. So that should be easy enough. <laughs> there's always that group in every town, isn't there? Yeah, there's yeah, exactly. There's probably like a local Facebook group which half the yeah. businesses are part of. Um, you could go on like a local Chamber of Commerce website, see who else is involved with that, perhaps. Yeah. There's lots of ways to find local business and you know, you could you know, think about um what is near to even if you're in the country, you're probably still only like fifteen minutes drive from an industrial state. It could mm-hmm. just be that this one's on a like a converted farm area, but there's still like 10, 20, 30 businesses that have all got offices or bits and pieces. That's very true, actually. There's quite a few even in like the more rural areas of where Mm. we are that are in the middle of nowhere, but there's like 10 mini offices with like three or four people in them. But if you got three or four orders from each of them, that's that's a lot of customers. Yeah, I had to take a detour on the way to work the other day and it went past a little area that I didn't know existed and there was a couple of really big companies on there oh. that I would have never known they were there just but just they're just slightly out of the way yeah. for me but you know there's always lots and lots of businesses nearby and all of them will need it might, it might be that they're taking um, more time between orders of corporate wear at the moment this could, could be a saving for them but if you can provide them something that will last and last and last even longer then that value you can provide to them might be that might be what gets you the job but they might just be so a lot of with these businesses. Um, you might just find that they were they didn't know they needed something until someone asked, or they were too busy to go and get quotes for stuff. Then someone knocks on the door and says, "You do you need thirty t-shirts and thirty hoodies?" And like, actually, we do. Thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, I haven't had time yeah, to sort how, this out. How quickly can you do it? When can you do it? And if you really put it on a plate for them, they'll be like, "Oh, brilliant! Thank you." I'll yeah, actually, yeah, I do need that. The price is about what I expected. We'll get that done. Yeah. That's a very good point, actually. And while we're on that topic of, I know you say sort of like 30 t-shirts, 30 sweatshirts as a rough estimate for like a company or something like that. Is personalization with the opportunity that Ultra Color Max DTF transfers brings now, if you have a heat press, 
and you're looking to just get some orders through the door, regardless of whether it's five T-shirts or 50, would it be a good idea for people to offer shorter runs for people? Because you could still make a profit off of that. Bear in mind, the Ultra Colour Max sheet is 55 by 55 centimetres. Think how many designs you can fit on that. You could order like the, the one-offs for people that need them, plus the 10 or 20 orders for someone else without having to invest in the 10 sheets of Ultra, if that's not how many you need. Is that kind of a... Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I think it really depends on what type of business you want to set up. Because that will okay. kind of dictate that more than anything. So, for instance, the Ultra Color Max, the direct film product, is great if you're doing short runs, and it might be that's a really good option to have, as almost like you're kind of almost providing a retainer to some of the other work. You're gonna make yeah. You're gonna make more money and be more profitable the more volume you do. So you can get twenty, thirty, hundred, two hundred of it, each particular product. Yes, that's the, that's where you want to be heading. But it might be that you do say you do work for someone, you do thirty. T-shirts, dirty hoodies and like some bags and some hats. But then they come back to you a month later and say, actually, we've had a new starter. We need a couple of extra bits. Mm-hmm. You could easily match the Ultra Color Max, the finished product. It feels just as good, looks just as good. Colors pretty as much good identical. As everything else. So that way you could always top it up with Ultra Color Max so you don't have to then get 10 sheets of everything. Yeah, but yeah. If you, in the long term, you want to be moving towards Ultra Color. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. personalization like is... A part of the business it could be that actually could be the second you, side of the business you could, yeah you could be you could be that if that's something like christmas christmas is coming up um if you're quick you can still catch some of that or you can st- think about next year it could be that actually you're doing lots of like first christmases or first birthdays because that sort of personalization means something to you mm. in that case the ultra color max is the best option because then you can have to, yeah, you need to order one yeah and yeah, you can yeah. fill up a giant sheet of it and then um you still make some really good profits because you're dividing the cost of the sheet by the, how many transfers you've got. Yeah. I suppose it depends on how many... Say, for example, you go to an industrial estate and there's five or ten businesses, but they've only got three or four employees in each one. Or, you know, businesses can go from one person mm. to 50 very easily. Um, and they want just a couple of hoodies each, for example. That's yeah. a fairly low order to do a larger run for if someone is starting out from an investment yeah. point of view, if you see what I mean. So you could max maximise Ultra Color Max yeah. for those types of orders. If you could fit five or ten companies' logos mm. for their T-shirts on one sheet, just order that and make the profit off of that rather than doing a big order of ten. Again, it, this depends on like how many orders you get, how big the company is, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's good that both options are there depending well, you, you on what people could, need them for. If there's 30 businesses on that industrial estate, you could try putting a logo of one of each of them onto it, one Ultra Color Max sheet, and then Taking put, it, put to it onto them. a T-shirt, take it to them and say, what do you think? Yeah, that's a good and idea. That way, if it's in front of them and they can touch and feel it, oh, that's really good. You can, you know, that might be enough of a clinch for you to get the order by proactively sampling for them. Proactive sampling. I like that. Top tips of how to get new business with Andy. (laughs) Cool. Okay. Yeah. So moving on to prices, we briefly mentioned it a couple of questions ago. Um, How much does it cost to start a printing business? It's it's only really the cost of the heat press is kind of the main the main thing is you probably you sort of look like I said looking between sort of like forty five four fifty as a starting point mm-hmm. really to get a decent heat press um, and then but a lot of customers tend to go in a sort of like thousand to five hundred pound 
price yeah. range because they just want they want to buy they they tend to buy now to kind of for the business it's going to be in the next two to three years but the options are there for everyone so you could start off with a sort of lower investment and then build your way up and then once you want that more more functionality with extra platens and auto openings and things like that then you can invest a little bit more in two or three years time once you've you've built up enough um reserves to be able to afford that yeah or well your business is busy enough to justify that investment that way yeah well like you say the difference between the most basic heat press available and the next one up which has interchangeable patterns that kind of thing is less than 300 pounds difference yeah for a press that will potentially last you i mean both presses will last you but like you say it's the efficiency you get from that press so the most basic one after a six months or a year you might be churning out more and more product thinking oh i need a more efficient press this one isn't serving me anymore and then you end up buying twice essentially um so yeah i think that's really good and obviously with our low cost of transfers quick turnaround time all of that it's fairly minimal yeah um and you can order low blank yeah and the great thing is that heat printing doesn't take very long you know you're kind of looking around probably sort of 40 to 60 seconds, maybe mm. 60 seconds when you first sign out per T-shirt. So actually turning that, because our, our transfers, we tend to do a five-second pre-press and then it'll be a 10 or 12-second main press. And that's it, the T-shirt's done. Is that actually don't, when you're first starting out, you don't even have to be running that machine all day long. You can just yeah. t- turn it on, give it 15 minutes to heat up and then get all your work done, turn it off and that's it, it's done. So we can, it doesn't have to be, eating into that electricity um, as much as well, mm. which again is, you know, a important thing for, at the moment. A lot of people, yeah. So yeah. it's not going to be, it's always, it's worth factoring in, um, you know, the, your use of electricity, you know, use a smart meter to see what you're, what you're doing a bit. It's not because these are, some of these are built to be at home. They're not going to sort of destroy that electricity bill either. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's a relatively low cost um, purchase you don't have to buy lots of t-shirts. You don't have to buy 20 of a size and a color. You can buy ones. If you go to somewhere like Rallowise, set up an account, you'll pay shipping. So it's worthwhile getting a few to make sure that you're kind of justifying that point. Yeah, otherwise you're adding on like shipping every time you want a yeah. t-shirt. But you could order like five t-shirts if you, really, if you really needed to. That's all you had to that week. You know, first starting out, you might only have five t-shirts, but you want to get them out and when you get them done, then you know you can you can get started quite easily and like we said you don't you could if you're a designer then probably you've already got a a nice pc of illustrator and if you're not a designer by trade but you've got design ideas you could go to like a digitizing company and for Mm. quite a low cost or for like fiverr or people per hour and just say here's my idea can you design it for me yeah and someone could design that logo for you um, to a really because their quality. side hustle is designing logos and designs yeah. um, that it's not a massive outlay to get those original initial designs done for you and once you've got them you've got them forever yeah the next thing I wanted to talk about is something I think is going to help a lot of people make their decision when it comes mm-hmm. to starting a business and it's issues that people come across when starting a business yeah. so I had a little look, look around went through some of our old messages on Instagram and Facebook and sort of summarise the most common issues that I thought were the root cause of those queries, essentially. Um, So I think the first one is, do I need to do a business plan? Which 
comes down to lack of planning at the end of the day if you're starting a business. And I think it's always a good idea to have a rough idea of where you want your business to end up, even if it's going to be a side hustle forever and you just want to be able to make 10 or 20 t-shirts at the weekend you enjoy it that's your hustle Mm -hmm. like you say you might be a designer and you just want to get your designs onto t-shirts that's fine but then also if you want it to become a full-time business you need to have a rough idea of how you're going to do that what you want that to look like sort of envision it plan it out and I think quite a few of the issues that we've had when it comes to people not really knowing what they're printing or how they're going to make profit comes from lack of business planning Mm -hmm. essentially yeah, I think that's. I think it is important if you're going to be doing this, even if it's like say at low levels, because mm. in a way you need to, you need to understand your costs. You need to understand what the full cost of making a t-shirt is, because um, obviously, you know, it, it's relatively simple. But you do need to factor in what is the cost of a t-shirt, what's the cost of a transfer. All of those costing is very transparent, mm. so you can play around with gang sheets and say actually what is the true cost of my transfer because I've got 10 transfers in each sheet so it's maybe it's only like 50p but you still need to make sure you factor that in because it might be actually by I don't know making every transfer one centimeter shorter your cost is 40p yeah which could be everything at the beginning Mm. um you know we've spoken about this before but making sure that you're factoring in trying to pay yourself or working towards paying yourself at least mm-hmm. it might be that you know it's not it's not necessarily going to be um easy at the beginning and there will be you won't be able to pay yourself five pound a t-shirt from the very beginning but you need to be working towards a point where say if it's a side hustle now you at least need to have a point of okay well how many t-shirts do i need to sell before i can start paying myself and that way you can you, you like say you've got a goal to work with, with um, but try and be conservative with your estimates as well. Don't be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to turn over a million in the first year once I bought a heat press. 50% profit on every T-shirt I sell. Yeah, because it's, it's not realistic. Um, now think about, you know, where, have I got enough room in my house and my garage to store things? Mm-hmm. What is the cost of shipping? Am I going to be charging my customer for this? Um, what type of shipping am I going to do? Am I going to do yeah. first class, first class track, DPD? need to kind of think about those things, um, you know, and then think about, okay, what point, um, you know, I'm a sole trader at the moment, but what point do I need to start declaring income from this? What, what, and what number does that mean? And then what will that mean That's when I get to that point? That's a very good one, actually. Yeah. I don't think people think about that. No, but, you know, just, you know, you want to be at a point where you do need to, yeah. to be paying tax because it probably means you've been uh, successful. Um, so that's... You know, that's a good um, something to consider. That's a great aim. I really, really want to pay tax off of this. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the subcontext yeah. is yes, because you've, like you say, got a successful business, but that just sounds funny. Yeah. <laughs> what is the kind of price range I could sell this product for? Like say, if you, if you, some don't quite work out, but what, what is the lowest price you could sell it for? And I'm not saying go straight to that point, but, you know, yeah. maybe if you have a sale six months down the line, we get rid of old stock, then you might want to. Drop it a bit, yeah. Yeah, drop it a bit. Um, is there anyone else I need to help uh, with the business and should I be giving them some money, even if it's like a partner or a friend or any kind of family member? Mm. Um, packaging is another one to consider. What yeah, is- that, that makes. I think that makes a product, the packaging. Mm. The experience you have when you open it makes you order from that company again. Like if it comes, mm. even if it's nothing special, even if it's just wrapped in like 
a nice plastic um, or like biodegradable plastic bag or something if it's folded nicely and it's all been pressed and it looks presentable when you open it you're more likely to be like oh they take care with their packaging or rather than just slung in a bag or a chipped box or something and it arrives half beaten up and I know it's not always your fault if the carriers decide to like throw a box around or what have you but you can take care into how you package things up. Yeah, but that's all part of it is packaging will probably have lower minimums if it's if it's deck if it's got your logo on it'll be you could be looking at 100 200 minimum order on something like that. So yeah. do you start off with a simple sort of white or cardboard one? Stickers. Stickers um I mean another thing to consider is actually having a printer and paper to print off the actual order confirmation that mm-hmm. goes inside the package. Because yeah. it's you know you should be charging, factoring into your cost the sheet of paper. You know it sounds a bit. You like no, but it's everything that yeah. people don't think about. Everything that goes into that, the package. So think about the what when it when you hand that package over to the postman, mm-hmm. what is inside that package, including the package, everything that went into that point is yeah. chargeable. Is what needs to be factored into the cost of the product. Yeah. So that's what I would say. If if you're putting a free sticker in there or something like that, then charge for the sticker. If it's a sticker that's going on the outside for postage, that that needs to be charged to the customer. Yeah, it's all of your business expenses essentially, isn't it? Yeah, passing on the cost of shipping to the customer needs to be factored in and making sure you're transparent. Um, Or if you're paying for shipping, how much you need to make on the product to warrant paying for the shipping. um, And if you're going to be using something like Shopify or etsy ebay wherever you're going to be selling it is what you need to pay back to them mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not doing it for free yeah so there'll be a cost of transaction on that as well that you need to factor in to your profit i'm not sure what Etsy's is now i know ebay's was like five or ten percent at one time mm-hmm. it was quite high for yeah considering you uh, ebay's a bit different but if you sell something for like four or five pounds you're giving a pound of that to paypal and a pound of that to ebay you're barely making anything on top of that so it's worth factoring in yes and make sure you kind of think about everything that's going to leave your building and go to customer and then make sure you're charging accordingly even even if it's just like the ink that goes into the printer Mm. how many how many sheets of paper can i print print from this cartridge and the time it takes you to make it should i be doing full color or just black and white (laughs) black (laughs) and white always black and white (laughs) yeah so that way you can like have a make yourself a spreadsheet full of every single line item that's my favorite thing to do and you can um that way you can have a a really true and transparent cost of yourself that way i guarantee you you've just divided our audience in half half the people are going i love a spreadsheet i can't wait to do that and (laughs) half of them are going no andy there's no way i'm doing that definitely know what size we would be on (laughs) um okay cool so planning do i need a business plan yes in terms of like a formal structured business plan you can kind of do that as and how you want but in terms of costings there's lots of i mean there's free templates hours and hours of talk about business plans i mean there's lot there's be lots of great books there'd be lots of great youtube channels that purely focus on business Mm -hmm. plans so now, even if it's a case of you consume that content when you're making your T-shirts or, but, you know, just deep dive into everything business planning wise. That's a good idea. You're full of all the tips and tricks <laughs> today. This is great. Should we record two episodes while we're on a roll? Okay. Um, and that, this is this is a really important one. And I think we're definitely heading in the right direction when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think enough people spend enough time educating themselves or testing and trialing different products prime example 
podcasting while you're printing mm -hmm. that sort of thing we could be chatting to you about printing techniques in the background while you're printing your t-shirts example one we've got a million different videos on our youtube channel styles tv has a million on the youtube channel but knowledge gaps in your knowledge and in your skills when it comes to printing is going to have a big impact in not only how you print your products but the end result and your return custom essentially uh, so definitely closing those gaps as best you can in your knowledge and education to just bring yourself up to the skill level that you need to to run a successful print business and it's, it's all out there it just needs to be consumed and utilized yeah and i think the you know the good news for everyone that's listening is that um we're both here to educate people in the uk uh, specifically on heat printing and how to run a heat printing business so mm -hmm. if even if there's something you wish you knew the answer to that's not not on our youtube channel or on instagram or elsewhere is to actually just send us a message and um, we'll get back to you. One of our customer service team will help you out because we're here to make sure that everyone makes the right decisions for their business. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, and like I said, everything can be found on our YouTube channel. If there's something you can't find, just ask mm -hmm. us and we'll happily help you with that. Um, but yeah, that was just one that came up uh, in the comments and I thought it's quite an important one to mention. I know it's something that we don't necessarily think to bring up because it's all we do every all day every day and we talk about it all the time but i think it needs to be mentioned to a few different people yeah and it's something that i mean we we're always you know we're the marketing part of the marketing team here but we're always trying to learn more about marketing and yeah. like, i think that's why, <laughs> why it makes a target transfer su successful in term from a marketing point of view is that we're always quite humble enough to be like hey let's let's learn more and let's be open to learning more about marketing because then we'll be yeah. better at what we do and then we can be better at helping our customers, our customers yeah. as well that well way. there's always room for improvement mm. there's the you know you're never ever going to know everything and i always no. go with the idea of if you're surrounded by people that know less than you you're in the wrong room essentially like yeah. i think i learn from you every day i learn from other people on the team and vice versa there's things that i probably know that help them so i think we all bounce off of each other quite well and that can be said for you and your business as well if there's someone that your that you work with that is better at one particular thing and you're better at the opposite then utilize your skills don't just because it's your business i think i have to do everything there's always going to be someone that you can work with yeah. or relate to that kind of thing yeah and you, you know we've got uh, depending if you're a vinyl or a custom gum decorator we've got private facebook groups that are there for decorators to talk to each other so you can if you don't want to talk to us you can talk to others in your in your industry <laughs> should i be offended <laughs> Well, come along to one of our sort of regular events we do in yeah. person. Uh, we've got another one on the 7th of December. So if you want to meet like-minded people of all types of um, experience with their business, then you can speak to others that are in your shoes doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and you might find that you make some people that you can then, you know, go to on a regular basis and talk to about running heat printing business. Um you know, 7th of December um, here in Braintree, if anyone would like to come meet some like-minded people at the Vinyl Summit. Targettransfers.com forward slash events if anyone's interested. Um, okay, cool. So the next one I want to talk about is researching your niche. So I mentioned at the beginning the difference between creating a profit project versus a passion project. However, when it comes to, I mean, this could be both, arguably this could be both uh, sections, but depending on what niche or target market you want to sell to or print products for, you need to research 
what you're doing, why you're doing it, who you're selling to. And I think there's not really, I mean, I put here lack of demand, but I think depending on the industry, there's never really a lack of demand. It's just lack of presence, essentially, in terms of how many printers there are, how many people are being proactive about selling in that space, building their brand awareness, that kind of thing. Um, But I definitely think that researching the area you want to work in is a big deal, especially when it comes to competitors. That's Competitors isn't really something we've spoken too much about on here, but it is something that affects a lot of businesses, especially if you're selling directly into someone else's key target market. Doesn't mean to say don't do it because there's a million different ways you can differentiate yourself from your competitors. There's different ways you can go about things. You can push different USPs to your customers. You know, do you use better quality transfers? Do your products last longer? Do you do bulk order for less price or do you do more personalized items? There's so many different things we could talk about, but researching the niche and your target market before you start printing or before you start promoting a business is, I think, a very, very big one. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, it's always good to benchmark yourself against your competitors on many levels, you know, what sort of product quality they're putting out, how mm. they're speaking to their customers. Um, you might have a new way of um, approaching that niche, but you might find that people in that niche are have been trained to react to products in a certain way. So you might have to retrain them in a certain way or you know, think about how you can't just go in there sort of guns blazing on a different niche. It might be that you do have the best solution for that niche, but they're not quite ready for it. So how do you approach it when a cust- when they kind of almost push back against your mm. perspective on that? Ease um, them in gently. Well. Yeah, you know, what is there something your competitor's doing that's got better user experience, even if it's just a case of how many clicks it takes to get to the buying part of the website? Um, you know, what hours are they open? You know, what sort of approach do they have to social customer service? It's always good to kind of, you know, walk through a, how a customer would buy from one of your competitors because it could be that there's something that they're missing and that's where it's something you can major on. Um, and then like you, like you say with regards to niches, there's so many niches, um, you know, is to actually, you know, we've talked before earlier about how actually some of the, there's lots of things you can do to pay for your, your passion project. It might be that some of you don't even need to do those paid for bits because your, your niche is ready for it. Um, we had an online, offline conversation with someone in the US last week and they were talking about a video that they'd done in America about a disc golf company, merchandise company. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they don't need a second second uh, source of income because they've effectively targeted that niche, they're passionate about that niche, they're authentic about that niche. Um, but that's just disc golf. But, you know, people in the UK are probably listening and they're probably not. Some people never heard of it. Some people think that's ridiculous. But it's a professional sport in the US now. Mm. And now all they're doing is printing projects that they're passionate about. But I've met lots of customers in the UK that have these surprising niches. So... Bobsled comes to mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So there's all sorts of things in the UK that, um, you know, make sure you research it, find out as much data as you can about it. See if it's a sport, how many people are playing that sport. So that way you can start to understand the market Mm. and how big the market is because it might be a lot bigger than you expect it to be. Yeah. Um, So there's always, always options there but if you the more you can understand your particular area the better that way and also it might be a case of something new comes in Mm. or you discover a new industry that doesn't have that supply 
for it already that you can fill that gap essentially yeah. so it doesn't have to be something that's already existing or something you're competing with constantly it could just be i've there's either like a new sport that's come out that's pretty small that you can get in on the ground floor with or it could be something that you've just discovered that doesn't necessarily have that printing supply that you can then yeah. fill the gap it could be like i don't know tv show that you're passionate about and the more you start to get into <laughs> it you realize that there's loads of thousands of other people that love that show and yeah wish they could have some merch for it or something get copyright like first please yeah obviously get the licensing <laughs> agreement yeah that's a good point obviously there's some very popular tv shows and you see merch left right everywhere you look even the but... more obscure ones it could be mm. um you know that you're it's more of a cult one but there's a there's a big secret cult following that facebook that, groups again facebook groups again exactly yeah social pages yeah. anything like that yeah, so in conclusion, research your niche and benchmark yourself against competitors. Mm -hmm. um, okay, amazing. The last one I wanted to talk about was productivity and setting yourself boundaries. Now, a lot of people, when they first start out with a business and they start something new, it does require a lot more time than a typical nine to five, let's say, because you are putting in all of the work, you're putting in all of the time that it takes to build it into something. And, you know, we know a lot of business owners that say, oh, I need to prioritise turning off and having time away from my phone and actually having rest time, yeah. essentially. But I think that ties quite nicely in with productivity because we've spoken a few times about how to print and more efficient ways to print, whether that's adding different things to your heat press, such as quick slip threadability to make actual printing quicker, yeah. or whether it's your method and process. So if you're printing two different types of transfers at different temperatures, you fuse all of the higher temp ones first and then all of the lower temp ones or you do all of your back prints and then you change the pattern and do all of the front prints rather than swapping in and out so there's a lot of time that can be saved that could be time that you have off essentially yeah. or time that you could spend planning the next week of your business or something along those lines yeah i think it's right process efficiencies what is the yeah. most efficient way to say you've got 25 orders and they're all slightly different or in some way or another what is the most efficient way to, to get work through down. these yeah what is the common what do some of these orders have in common so i should do those first um because like i say heat printing doesn't take a long time but if you you can make it like take a long time if you're inefficient about it if you jump back and forth you all jump the back time. and forth between temperatures so know your products know how they need to be fused so you yeah. can um do them efficiently um even if it's something like I don't know, say, say you're doing a gang sheet and you're putting all your orders together, it's actually maybe you gang certain designs next to one another because you're more likely to print them at the same time. Another good idea. <laughs> this, this is where we are definitely on one today. That's um, a genius idea. So there's, there's always lots of little productivity hacks. We spend a, a lot of our live videos, um, a lot of stuff we put on YouTube is based around productivity hacks because this is the number one question we get asked even by, by our most established customers, how can I work? Uh, quicker and faster and more yeah. efficiently um so anything that we get asked from our biggest customers you try and pass on to all of you so yeah like say doing the quick slip you could save 15 seconds per order which doesn't sound like a lot in isolation but if you get into that best practice at the beginning how many t-shirts you, you print in a day your volume is is you know could, you could be adding another sort of 10 15 working days a year onto your uh, capacity which, yeah. especially when you're first starting out, it's massive because you could get so many more jobs through off the back of that. And that could be the difference between making a profit and not that year. Mm -hmm. It's very true. 
I think we should do a productivity video on the podcast. I think we should do Andy's productivity hacks. Okay. <laughs> We've got, already got three or four off of today's. So we're going to make a list. Comment below if you'd like to see Andy's productivity hacks podcast. <laughs> um, okay. That's everything I had for issues that mm -hmm. people come across when starting okay. a business. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I just go back to your point about knowledge and skill gaps is that we've, mm -hmm. there's only so much we can cover in one episode, but there's so much yeah. information out there and there's so many people giving out free education that, you know, get stuck into it and just deep dive into it, even if it's a case of half an hour every lunchtime watching videos on heat printing or business plans. Is yeah. it fine? There's, there's time you can find to do it or you're commuting on a train or a bus or put a podcast on in the car. Yeah. Is you know, carve out a little piece of your day and kind of even if it's just a part of the planning, getting ready for 2023. I mean, I know we've, we've spoken about how Christmas is almost here, but at the same time, there's still, I don't know, 40 days left mm -hmm. of the year. You could, you could, if you spent an hour or an hour and a half every day, that's 40, 50 hours of education you could be putting yourself through yeah. before the end of the year, getting ready for next year. Yeah. And even if you're just starting out, you know, something that, I try and do is like you say is utilize all of my time so whether I'm driving here I listen to podcasts on you know lunch breaks you, I mean we talk about printing all day every day so <laughs> it's a bit different for us but in, even if it's setting aside half an hour to do something towards setting up your business or towards even if it's creating a design or as, as well as the education side of things and if you're looking for videos that aren't 5,000 hours long and really 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 boring we have our two minute Tuesday series, which Andy hosts every single week. And we do top tips and tricks. Um, what is it? Your weekly bite sized masterclass, I think. Exactly. So you can watch all of those back. I think there's about 10 or 15 of them now. Yeah. We've been going for a couple of months. Um, so there's a lot of those on there. And they go from how to start a business at home all the way through to how to save 55 days a year. So no matter what level you're at in your printing journey, there will be something in those videos that can help you. So I'd recommend going and watching yeah, those 100% yeah YouTube's definitely the place for us I think in terms of education as well as our events but we promote all of our events via YouTube yeah. so as long as you're keeping up with our YouTube channel you'll be in the loop okay so to wrap up we've got four questions yeah. from customers which I have picked out of a lot actually um, which I thought would be most relevant for people to learn or most interesting mm -hmm. so we're just going to cover those and then that will be it for today so the first question is um, I've got the majority of what I need to start my business a heat press a silhouette cameo for and some vinyl but I need to know more in depth what next steps are since where to buy garments since where to buy garments to how and where to sell essentially what do I do now once I've got everything? So okay. in terms of, yeah, buying garments and how to get going with selling. It's very easy to get garments. We did a, a podcast episode of Rallowizer about six weeks ago. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that one because it's really easy to set up an account with a blank clothing supplier. Yeah. And you only need to order like one or two of each size. So get a handful of those to test your fusing and application on, maybe mock up a couple of designs with that. Um, and then think about, I guess it comes back to researching your niche and your market is where are your customers likely to buy from? Mm -hmm. It could be that you could start off with just an Etsy shop or a Facebook marketplace um, or maybe they're in even a local market in person depending on where you live. Yeah. Um, or it could be that depending on the type of product you're selling, if it's perhaps 
more of a brand based one, then you maybe need a website. Like it's not difficult to get up a very simple website put together, but that might be that might be your marketplace essentially. Yep. Or if it's something where it's more of a fulfillment based side of things, um, then find find that um, industrial estate like we talked about earlier and knock on those doors. That could be that's essentially your battleground slash marketplace then. Yeah. Brilliant. I think that's brilliant, especially that you've taken the initial steps. You've obviously researched the products that you want. You've got a specific heat press, a specific cutter, um, which is fantastic. So heading in the right direction. And if we can help, obviously get in touch. And if it's a case of actually you're already getting those orders in, um, but you've got got a press and silhouette is actually... Do join us on uh, 7th December for the Vinyl Summit because we're going to be talking about how to progress from silhouette cutters through to um, a more industrial cutter like a Graphtec, um, something or similar where you can really take on sort of vinyl business to that next level. Yeah, um, again, back to efficiency. Everything always comes around to the same points, yeah. isn't it? We're very consistent with our mm-hmm. messaging. Um, okay, so this next one is, I'm assuming this is for transfers. What's the best software slash program to use? I have lots of images on my PC and we'll be wanting to make some too. What's the best program for this to then just send you, send to you for print, sorry. So I actually spoke to our customer service team about this one Mm -hmm. when I responded to it at the time. And obviously we accept certain file types for transfer orders that Mm -hmm. won't change. But in terms of the actual platforms you use to create them a lot of our customers use adobe illustrator coral draw things like that Mm -hmm. but i think and correct me if i'm wrong but i think it comes down to personal preference as to what platform you prefer working with essentially yeah both um i mean i guess it depends if they've already got images then they might not need any of them because they might already have the um the right product already and in that case if you've got say if it's a png file even if it's an eps and you haven't got product that can read it are easy view uploader can read them anyway okay yeah so you could just upload them onto easy view it will tell you if they're good enough quality live anyway mm. it won't wait wait for you to won't tell you after the fact once you place your order it checks in real time and it'll put a warning up if it's not good enough quality yeah so then you might just place an order and you the only software you need is using our online system that at that point that is very true um, yeah. but like you say if, you, if it's a case of do you want to use Adobe or Corel Draw? Just get download them and try them free for. A, I think you normally get seven days or fourteen days with most products now. Anyway, yeah, just try them, them both and see which one you prefer. Yeah, um, they did say they'd be wanting to make some of their own as well. So yeah, yeah they probably need some form of design software. Yeah, um, go and watch. I'm pretty sure if I was to go to go onto YouTube and put Adobe versus Corel. Now there'd probably be like a thousand videos. Oh, there'd be so many YouTube videos. That's a good point. Back to YouTube again. Um, Yeah, but in answer to what I think this person was asking, we don't have a specific platform you have to use to create your artwork. No, all of our online ordering is done with sort of unspecific file types. So we say we've put EPS as the file type because both products can save in that in that. form so it means it's easy for everyone so whichever one you pick will be able to help you question number three i've just hired my first team member since starting my printing business as a side hustle firstly congratulations major milestone um any tips for making sure they're printing properly and producing high quality products i want to keep my good reputation but i don't want to micromanage my new hire that's a very valid concern yeah i think the most important this is something that people um, ask us quite a bit 
when they come in for one-to-ones when they're taking that next step is actually how do I maintain consistency how do I let go of control because that's you know your business is a reflection of you personally um but something that we always do as part of training new staff here is get them to make mistakes so obviously we we can preach to us or blue in the face about how you should always follow the recipe I know lots of people still don't these people are all making mistakes is actually (laughs) but it's is to sit that person down and go through the recipe and get them to make mistakes because that way if they see the mistake rather than be like you have to do it like this some people just won't be able to compute that Mm. so that's why let's say you're fusing a transfer that peels cold but get them to peel it hot and see what happens yeah or get them to fuse it for half the time instead of the full time see what happens and then when they see it practically and they have that context of what it look how bad it looks and why you follow why you do it then they won't they won't feel the need to cheat the system because they'll know that it doesn't work so actually sort of get in front of the mistakes that they can make they're always going to make mistakes you just have to be a bit probably you do as well i'm sure everyone makes mistakes all the time yeah yeah. so um get them to make mistakes deliberately um and if you're using cover paper all the time then it doesn't matter so much if they make a mistake because you're not gonna have to like clean the top of your platen or um Lose garments. Lose garments, yeah. Find a couple of garments you don't mind destroying. Let them play around with it. Yeah. Let them try and break it. We um, still do it. I fused yeah. one of those podcast jumper back. Luckily, it was the back print. But I fused one of them wonky at the bottom and I had to yeah. cut half the other design off. Luckily, yeah. it was a Mac sample prototype. Yeah. But everyone does it at yeah. some point. And then probably regularly do that. When they first start, repeat that process every, yeah. every so often. Um, and they'll soon sort of like see the the reasoning behind why you ask him to do such a thing. Yeah. And if you're at that level as well where you are concerned about the settings that they might be using and things like that, I would highly encourage you to watch the live that Andy did on Friday, Just Gone, which was all about the Fusion IQ and the controller and um, all of the settings that you have in there, all the way down to like the reports of who's pressed what and when and at what settings. And yeah. you can lock, I believe you can lock recipes in as well. the IQ machines, yeah, you can actually lock the settings so that no one can play around with them so you can only fuse at the correct settings essentially which is really helpful so definitely check out that video if that's something that interests you um but keep doing what you're doing because your business is obviously growing that's fantastic uh final question of the day is i'm trying to get the most out of my gang sheet by ordering smaller transfers to reduce the cost any suggestions for how to make my products stand out with smaller designs um, you're wearing a very good guess, example, yeah. Andy. <laughs> I guess, yeah, depending on which product you're using. I mean, we've got so many. With, if we just take the one to five color to start off with, um, we've got neon inks in there. We've got shimmer inks, which mm. can pop um, on just about anything. Or if you're using ultra color, you just think about using those tones and gradients to create something really eye-popping. Um, eye um, but use them in combination with the right color garment. Yeah. So don't put it... Don't, if it's a red design, don't put it on a red T-shirt. Put it on like a white or a black or something that's going to really stand out. Um, you know, there's lots of businesses. You just go into, you know, just go on into your high street and be like, look at what the most some of the most popular designs are. Very simple. I mean, just take Nike for instance. So they've got some really yeah. big, colourful prints on the front sometimes, but sometimes it's just literally a, a small tick on the left chest. Yeah, and they still stand out if they use the right colours on that. So. That shouldn't be. It shouldn't be too difficult. It's just to play around with designs. Maybe get a find a couple of t-shirt images and start placing um, designs on that. 
or if you get stuck, um, you can always go onto our Easy the Uploader because we've got um, the option to add a color, any color background behind your logo. Mm -hmm. So you can play around and say, okay, what colors, what combinations work? Um, yeah, change the color of the artboard in yeah. the designer. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of really colorful, or go the other way and actually pick something really colorful like a lot of the Bella Canvas colors that are coming out next year that they presented at our launch event a few weeks ago are really bright and bold. It might be actually the other way go the other way around. Put a really simple design on black or white. If you put black or white onto some of the bright yellow colours. I think yeah. it's solar, isn't it? Then actually your design will stand out. No strobe, it, Andy. Strobe, it's called sorry, strobe. strobe. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sam's going to be offended. <laughs> <laughs> your your white or black design might really stand out because yeah. it's a contrast to the colourful t-shirt. Mm. Um, so just keep trying and playing around designs. But we've got. If you come up with a design, I guarantee we've got the transfer ink system to create the design um, easily. Yeah. And even down to like placements as well, like we've got sleeve prints on mm -hmm. these jumpers. If you want to add a little bit extra to your garment, but you don't want a massive print, adding smaller designs in different unique print print placements that's a tongue twister unique yeah. print placements um that can be something that increases the profit on your garment while not really increasing how much you're spending making that garment yeah 100 percent. i think so, we're done excellent. just remind everyone then on the 7th of december we are hosting the inaugural vinyl summit so this is the uk's only event dedicated to heat transfer vinyl so you're going to have, ourselves will be there, obviously. Uh, you'll have all of the styles of vinyl. So the largest selection of vinyl anywhere in the UK, anywhere in the world, styles has it. Uh, Graph Tech are going to be there doing cut tutorials, and we're going to cover everything you need to know from, like, best-selling materials all the way through to speciality materials. Anyone that's thought about using high build or really thick, chunky vinyls as well, we've got everything covered in that event. Um, it's going to be a morning session. Tickets are free, but we've only got probably, like, 10 left at this point. So make sure that you, uh, you sign up now, and if you've got any questions about starting a business 2023, um, we'll both be personally happy to talk them through with you even if they're not related to vinyl you can still come along and join us ask those questions see the heat presses for yourself because um, there's going to be a lot of um, knowledge and training uh, available in the presentations on that day yeah it's all about education isn't it like you say if you're not even if you're not overly interested in vinyl but you want to come and see the presses how they work things like that still come along um, the event is free so you could close another one of those gaps in your knowledge base okay i think that's everything for today thanks for joining us everybody uh, if you're listening on apple or spotify don't forget to subscribe and the same if you're watching us on youtube we will be back next week with another episode at 11:30. but until then have a great week <laughs>